you have reached the voicemail box of Game Thing Season 6 Speed Running. You have 22 new messages. Sunday, the 27th of August, at 1:57 a.m. Hey, Pippin's David. Sorry to be calling so late. Just figured I'd give you a call as soon as I figured this out. So, all right, okay. Let's try this again. So, uh, final pick. So we've come a long way since mid-June. It's almost September now, and time for me to make the final selection for speedrunning. And, yeah, I really felt conflicted about what to pick, just as far as what would be a good grace note or final test or not something we had seen or done before, Um especially because what's really been clarified for me over the summer is, you know, when I started, I really thought of speedrunning as seeing something about games, and now, a couple months later, intensive months later, I really feel like speedrunning mainly says something about people who speedrun um, more. And if I understand that, all right, well, what's an appropriate final pick? What's, like, one last shot to really give over my open mind to this, even though, as I'm telling you, I think the mind is sort of being made up here. And if you disagree, uh, definitely let me know in the comments below, or we can get into it in the wrap-up. But, you know, one instinct I had was, all right, let's play something without any without any runs on file or much documentation at all, even though... Uh, what I've seen repeatedly is if you find a game with just one record that's kind of largely side-eyed by many speedrun communities, one is kind of none or <clears throat> it's kind of considered one, you know, asterisk by default, so it can be kind of contentious. I even saw uh, someone named Comrade Control on speedrun.com four years ago say, if this is something you're thinking of doing, they said, oh, your approach is wrong. Anyone can post an LP of some lesser-known game and call it a world record. So what? If your goal is to just pile up WRs in games no one plays, are they really world records? The title itself suggests that competition exists. And, yeah, I mean, I get it. And I'm really not that competitive with this sort of stuff, as you know, and as I think you've learned, I don't really care about <laughs> planting flags, or as I said in the beginning, like any flag we plant is going to be atop a castle in the sand. Uh, not that it's not worth trying and doing this, and um, giving it a bunch of thought, I thought about just a lot of kinship with speedrunners uh, as, a, as a former critic. I think like there's sort of like a, a similar camp we're in where speedrunners play a lot of stuff uh, that most people left to their own vice, devices probably wouldn't, and they play it way longer than most people probably wouldn't. It's, it's, I think it's like, you know, both groups are really trying to see through the artifice of video games in some ways. Um, but all that's just a very long way to say that that's what set me down, going down a very long internet K-hole. <laughs> I found myself looking at a bunch of games to consider for this. There were a bunch of games um, tied to or about the Gulf War that I considered, and I was like, no, that's not it. And then um, from there, another K-hole of digging into this long run of uh, Asian bootleg games or pirate games about uh, the movie Titanic. And there I was like, eh, we already did a movie tie-in game, and a lot of those games, they sort of look like stuff we had done before, and I really wanted to avoid just 
anything that it'd feel like a, a random or uh, arbitrary exercise or something we'd know going in and be a retread. So, uh, again, sorry for all the prelude, but all of this is just a way to say that what I landed on uh, is this game called Titanic Mystery Ao no Sanitsu. Uh, Japanese game. That's, how's my Japanese? I don't know. Probably bad, but translates to Titanic Mystery colon Melody of Blue or Blue Shutters or something like that. It was uh, developed and published by Gakken in 1987. Uh, yes, it's a game in Japanese. There's no English translation. Uh, you're a scuba diver investigating the underwater wreckage from the Titanic. It's a game about exploring a maze. You have to finance the whole expedition. You have to figure out why it sank, even though I think you and I know why it sank. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll be the first. There's next to nothing about this online. And this is, I think, like, in the light of day, if I'm thinking about seeing something I haven't really seen before, uh, this is pretty different. And I just wonder here... Uh, okay, if speedrunning is a multi-dimensional skill that goes beyond language, then... Monday, the 28th of August, at 1.23pm. Good afternoon, David. Sorry to miss you for this very exciting final installment of speedrunning uh, between you and I. Uh, Titanic Mystery. So I did get the game running... Uh, which took some time, because it's old, it's from the Nintendo Disk System, so I had to find the emulator for that, I'm using FC-EUX, figure, as we call it in the, uh, in the biz, and also it took a bit of time to play because it's in Japanese, as you know, with no translation that I could find initially, so just entering my character name and figuring out how to get from that screen to the next one. Uh, was tricky because you had to find the set of characters, kanji I guess, that represent the done option that we're also used to um, from character name selection screens. Um, also because the emulator uh, of the disk system seems to require inject, in, inserting and ejecting the same disk over and over again until it finally recognizes a disk, because uh, it's a two-disk game, side A, side B. So a lot of very sort of retro experiences uh, experienced through the, the lens of an emulator, which has been kind of strange, which will, you know, contribute to speedrunning time because I guess we're going to need to be, if we're doing an emulated run, we're going to need to be fast at popping uh, imaginary disks in and out of a computer, just as you would have to be fast at that uh, with a physical Nintendo disk system. Uh, the game itself... <sighs> I mean, uh, we should profile it a bit. There, once you get into the game, you are a woman. I was a woman in a one-piece red swimsuit, uh, standing in front of four doors. I could go through a door with a dollar sign on it to talk to uh, what I take to be the investors in my investigation of the Titanic. Um, I and speak to them in Japanese, of course, and I can go through another door which has a microphone on it where I can talk to the press in Japanese. Uh, there's another door with a very uh, brutalist grey bedroom where I can sleep and save my game, I think. Uh, and then there's a dive door, which takes you to, I guess, you know, the main event, which is swimming around in the wreck of the Titanic, uh, screen by screen. Uh, I immediately read a walkthrough to get a sense of what we're in for here, and it's fairly clearly 
fairly clearly a, a standard kind of lock and key maze game. So there's rooms, you go into them, you reach a locked door or a blocked door, and you need the correct item, so you have to go elsewhere to find the item. You have to find your way through this maze. Um, your air tank uh, can, of course, run out of air, and you can die uh, down there as well. Uh, but mostly you're swimming, finding items, and using them in the right place, all the way up to the thrilling ending, which I know, <laughs> because the walkthroughs spoiled it for me. So I don't really know how to approach this. The game looks like it would take a little while uh, to play all the way through, and I don't know that finesse running this, which has kind of been my, my go-to, I think, for the games we've played this season. I don't think I want to do that. I might do a little bit of like the first sort of couple of doors and items just to get a, a feel for that side of things. But I think what I really want to try to do at least for this game, and we'll see how this goes, is be a glitch hunter. Um, the thing that I'm you know constantly marveling at when we talk about speedrunning games is this thing that speedrunners find glitches in games that they exploit to save time. Um, are there any in this game? I don't know. Will I be able to find them? <laughs> I have no idea. I hope so. Uh, and the first thing I'm going to do is start thinking sort of systematically, like a computer, like a programmer, uh, to s just to try and think about what sorts of things I should try. I will also do some research online. Um, what is your approach going to be, David? How are you going to tackle this, uh, this beast of a ship? Monday, the 28th of August, at 6.45 p.m. Hey, Pippin. I'm going to attack it. The plan is to, to go down with it. I don't think we have any choice. Um, playing a game that really is fighting us at every turn. Uh, I just I just finished up my first session with Titanic Mystery. One of the mysteries was how do you flip the disc and get the game to recognize it? Because I've never played anything on Famicom before. Um, so I spent most of this time <clears throat> finally down in the bowels the Titanic, but I spent most of my time stuck in a loop of a press conference where I can only assume everyone, well, there were a lot of heart symbols in the dialogue, I can only assume they were asking me, why are you doing this? Which is a good question. Um, but my guess was going to be looking for glitches, same as you said. I wonder, you know, have you looked, have you gone into the bowels of the ROM? Have you seen anything? What have you seen? Let me know. Titanically yours, David. Tuesday, the 29th of August, at 12.32 a.m. Tuesday, the 29th of August, at 11.48 a.m. Hey... I did the first item and door puzzle sequence in the game. You need to swim around, you find a safe, which you decide to pick up, carry with you, go to another location, try to open a door, the handle falls off, and then you smash the door open with the safe. So very normal adventure game logic and, uh, and ideas. I assume that will continue throughout. Uh, the game... You know, the game would be trivial if we just followed the walkthrough, and what we'd be adding at that level is just finesse stuff, right? Uh, but I think the finesse would be tough. Uh, lots of memorization, thinking about your orientation in a room, because you can face uh, north, south, east, west. Um, you need to overlap your hand on items to pick them up, so there's some sort of uh, detailed technical skill there. 
uh, memorizing your routes through the ship, etc., etc. Uh, it does sound boring. I'm glad we're not doing it. So let's let's glitch hunt. Uh, and what should we what should we do, David? Um, I do think that uh, disc swapping is an interesting place to look because it's such a radical impact on the game. Flipping the disc. Uh, and maybe a well-timed swap and swap back could sort of <laughs> jog something loose. Uh, but also maybe things like performing simultaneous actions, maybe an action while going through a doorway because it's a transitional point, uh, rapid input, um, investigating the Famicom disk system itself as a possible source of glitches and altering of game state. Uh, because really what we need to do is we need to get a teddy bear and we need to get to the final room. So there's just two locations we need to access. Um, but we don't want to go through the labyrinthine process of actually getting there. Normally, we would like to either phase through a wall, teleport, fall through the floor, uh, normal stuff that speedrunners do. Uh, yeah, so what are you doing? What are you looking at? Have you found anything yet? Let's start bashing ourselves against the walls and hope we slide through. Tuesday, the 29th of August, at 5.52 p.m., and I was all set to leave you a message and say, boy, I'm not sure if there's any glitches in this game. Uh, when there I was, as I spent most of my actual playtime <laughs> lugging a jar or some sort of potion around, screen to screen, and here's what I did. I pressed up to start swimming up, um, switching from screen to screen, and our character, who I should say, no matter who you pick, it seems they're auditioning for Baywatch, because uh, this is a very dangerous job, and uh, apparently this is suitable attire. Um, not a diving suit or anything to actually protect you. Um, so I pressed up, holding this jar, going to the right, and then my character, she went up like the V-hold on an old TV, just going up and wrapping around, and then she disappeared. Um, and then I couldn't find her again. I pressed up, and then she swam into the main screen again, and then the entire uh, background disappeared, and it turned a lovely shade of uh, what would pass as sky blue in an old 8-bit game. So now I've even further lost my bearings in the game uh, that seems dead set on just making you never able to get your bearings and get oriented around. So I also thought that a glitch wouldn't be possible because uh, how I started off today, this session was uh, digging around, seeing if other Famicom games from the same time, you know, mid-80s, same kind of glitches might exist and I didn't see any. Uh, and then I started to think, well, wait, didn't Nintendo of America have a seal on their games? And that seal meant that, like, glitches and weird bugs were very, very rare. And then I was like, did Japan have something like that? I don't know. Um, and then from there, in this sort of weird meta way of digging through, seeing what you can salvage uh, in the game, I was digging around seeing what I could salvage reading about this game, and what I could figure out is that I guess this game is an overhaul of a Commodore 64 game called uh, RMS Titanic, or called Titanic colon the Recovery Mission. I guess that came out in 1986, so I, I, I don't know if uh, 
the fact that this started as a Commodore 64 game. I mean, you would know more about the guts of a game than I would. I don't know if that means anything. I don't know if that bodes well. Uh, I mean, other than that, you know, like I tried programming all the sort of stuff you were talking about. I, I, I tried doing rapid fire turbo buttons on things. Uh, and it's weird that, because like one of my notes to myself before I started playing, I was like, well, maybe it seems like when there's screen changes, that seems to be your best opportunity to sort of screw with it. But I didn't do anything that weird. I was just swimming up. Tuesday, the 29th of August, at 9.08 p.m. Hey, David. Cool, cool stuff. I was able to reproduce, I think, what you were talking about, which is that if you're in the bit of the map where you can ascend and descend different deck levels, um, if you swim in one direction and cause the screen to scroll horizontally as you sort of theoretically rotate around the sides of the room, you can also move vertically at the same time, uh, which does cause her to wrap, as you said, and um, it's actually just the fact that she's moving up through the different decks, um, but the display doesn't update which deck you're on, so it is kind of cool and mysterious. Um, but I think, I mean, we should investigate this further, but I'm not sure that it's actually doing anything weird so much as causing us to skip over some of the deck indications when we're, when we're going up quickly <laughs> while horizontally scrolling. <laughs> Um, and then that, that um, sky blue room you found, I think, is normal. It's what you see just after you dive, um, and it transitions from the sky blue room to um, the A deck level automatically. That's my that's my read on it, having played around with it this evening a little bit anyway. Um, but that's, that, that feels like the right direction to me. I think performing actions while the game is in the middle of doing something else is our best hope and i think you know your idea of doing something while the horizontal scroll is happening is intriguing i've been trying to do similar things um, in rooms with doors trying to uh you know go through a door while it's horizontal scrolling uh, trying to go through a door while i'm dropping an item trying to go through two doors at the same time by input buffering etc etc i haven't found anything yet as you might imagine um uh, oh, I've tried spinning the room extremely quickly because if you press, um, I think it's B, B plus a direction arrow, it will rotate the room instantly instead of you having to manually do it with the scrolling thing. Uh, so I was sort of spinning the room as fast as humanly possible, but um, didn't seem to do anything. Um, yeah, finding these kind of transition points, points of change, uh, where the game might, <laughs> where the game might make a mistake, right? I don't know. We've just got to keep trying to be inappropriate, uh, just like that swimsuit. See you, man. Wednesday, the 30th of August, at 12.49 a.m. Oh, um, if you'll forgive the maritime puns, I think maybe it's only fitting that we approach finishing out the season somewhat humbled and up a creek because if you're thinking about this you know whether we succeed or not here i think that what we're going through is what a lot of speedrunners go through in approaching games uh whether they've played it the first time or not 
you know, maybe we're looking at it with the right lenses if we don't get the results we want. But I've been thinking about this game and what we're doing, and I had also thought maybe in approaching this, you know, what what's sort of the process of figuring out things you don't really need to pay attention to in a video game that you can sort of start to tune out the noise of. Um, and there's stuff in the transitions, I think, but I think what we're also sort of learning is like, <laughs> it's still maybe helpful to know where all the blind alleys are because you have to still map all those out to know maybe what to avoid. Um... So that's it. Night tipping. Wednesday, the 30th of August, at 11.42 a.m. Wednesday, the 30th of August, at 12.21 p.m. Hey, buddy. I do not accept your apology for the maritime puns. You know, it's really like we're some kind of deep-sea diver exploring the wreck of a colossal ship, and we're on the outside, and we're kind of putting our hands on the surface in the murky dark, and our torch isn't really illuminating everything around us. Sometimes fish swim by, and we're kind of just patting along the hull of this ship, hoping that we bump into, you know, a seam in the wreckage or a porthole that's been opened that we can sliver, 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 slither through uh, and get access to the place that we want to go, um, which is a room with an alien chrysalis that we can uh, put a teddy bear in front of. And doing that is difficult because you just get a swim. You probably want to be systematic uh, with how you're, how you're kind of pulling, pulling your way along the hull. And you just hope for the best, right? I think we can't just flail around and, um, you know, and just do things randomly. We've got to go foot by foot, touching the rivets, checking each one, see if it's loose touching every little bit of the uh, the portholes, checking the giant funnels on the top to see if they're accessible, and on and on until uh, one day we'll get in. Bye, David. Thursday, the 31st of August, at 10.51 a.m. All right, I guess you're out. Uh, so look, Pippin, uh, speedrunning is an ironical thing where people invest a lot of time into a single game to have playing through it take less time. But I think what we're coming, uh, running into here is that there are no shortcuts. And I think something about with the way we have been approaching speedrunning is sort of this perception that it's a binary path. Uh, you know, do we finesse or do we glitch? But uh, there's that old Simpsons line about (laughs) 
how licking envelopes can be fun. All you have to do is make a game of it. See how many you could lick in an hour. Try to break that record. I guess I sort of uh, metabolized that and had us do that, or I did it and you let, uh, followed uh, my lead in uh, Made of Scare. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, there's the game, and then there's the game you play by speedrunning it. And I think also a part of this is, is like, I mentioned this earlier with, you know, like similarities with critics and speedrunners. I think there's also this, like, very personal thing that you find in playing a game that some mountains feel worth climbing and others aren't. And that's okay. And I think you also have to recognize that some games are just janky or campy or a little broken, and that's okay, too. And obviously we don't speak the language of this game. We don't read it. And, uh, I mean, I just wonder, like, is the jank here? Is it jank in the way D was jank in our horror season? Uh because I don't think we're going to be the first people, I know we wouldn't be the first people to say that Titanic Mystery is a little obtuse. Um, you know, I, I, since since picking this, I've found, at all hours of the night usually, <laughs> uh, a bunch of, uh, a bunch, meaning four or five, but that's more than I thought when we started. I found a bunch of um, people on YouTube, people on Twitch. There was one streamer who says they were lovingly plumbing the depths of Titanic pop culture and even they said, boy, you know, this game would be pretty impossible without a map already completed for you. And they documented many of the endings. I came across other channels. Everyone just sort of incredulously laughs through playing this game. So nothing else. Um, I figure I can reach out to them and suggest they submit records. And that removes the burden from us. Um, Thursday, the 31st of August at 10.53 a.m. Me again. Sorry, got disconnected. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, this really just opens us up for what's the game within the game we want to play because we can do pretty much anything we want because we know why the Titanic sank. Um, all right, bye. Friday, the 1st of September at 3.27 p.m. Hey, good afternoon, man. Uh, it's Pippin calling back to say... Uh, well, one thing is I noticed that you keep saying that you know why the Titanic sank, but I'm not hearing you actually say why. So, you know, until proven otherwise, I assume you don't know, and because you haven't finished this game. Um... You know, I've been kind of pursuing the thing that you found around swimming while scrolling uh, in the in that section of the water where you can go up to the surface. Uh, and I've recreated it in different guises since then. I still I'm not that much closer to understanding exactly what is going on with it. Sorry, it's been a long day. Uh, yawning a little bit here. Um, but consistently, the only thing that happens is that you can hit this point where you're doing something else, like perhaps you're going down from A to B, or you're going through a door into the ship, and it will suddenly switch to the loading screen uh, and then take you up to the surface again, which kind of suggests... Uh, 
that it's possible to trigger that loading idea on some sort of a timer maybe like it's like you you cross some border upwards to where you would normally go to the surface but then somehow go back down again and do some other stuff and then it later realizes that it, it should be loading the the surface stuff or it's you know it's on a timer or it's buffered in some way um i'm not really understanding why the thing that i guess you know, I'm, I, I'm ultimately running up against here is that it doesn't seem like a way to access parts of the ship that you can't access immediately. Um, so I'm starting to abandon it and starting to try and think about, well, what other things could I do? And so I've instead been uh, playing around with the first locked door, which is the one that you bash open with a safe uh, in terms of solving it normally. And I've been trying to spin the room and hit the door when it's least expecting it, and I've uh, been trying to drop items on top of one another to see if there's any kind of combining effect, like kind of underwater alchemy with the game's items. Uh, no dice yet. Um, I'm I'm really kind of st stuck chasing my tail, my mermaid's tail, about what to do, what might influence the game in, in a way that it's not expecting. Uh, following, you know, a lot of the rules that we've already discussed. One thing that occurred to me is we could sort of taxonomize what you can do in the game as a way to explore whether there are combinations that we're not thinking about, uh, potentially. Uh, but I am feeling a little bit stuck, a little bit like I'm just, I am, you know, all metaphors aside, groping around in the dark, uh, not really catching on to anything, not really knowing why the Titanic sank. Saturday. The 2nd of September, at 12.15pm. Sunday, the 3rd of September, at 2.54pm. Hey, this is a message for Pippin. This is David. And I just wanted to let you know, I've got some numbers here for you, which are <clears throat> that 100% of the two playthroughs that I've uh, watched or scrubbed along of Titanic Mystery take about two hours from start to finish, uh, regardless of the ending, of which there are a few. Uh, one took about an hour 50 minutes, the hour 53, another one took two hours and 20 minutes, and I think 30 seconds, so door-to-door, starboard-to-port, um, A to Z, or Z, I guess as you might say, you know, the game takes about 120 minutes, and that's if you decide to, you know, play it in earnest and have a guide there to help you, because uh, I think this sort of all puns aside, you know, this underwater, taking on water feeling um, is unavoidable with the game, regardless of what your goal is in playing it. And uh, I've been thinking about a lot of stuff with this game in addition to playing it. Uh, I've been thinking about how really it's a big maze. I've been thinking of it as a placemat maze, and I don't know how you intentionally glitch that, you know, to sort of take the uh, the crayon, if you will, and, and slam it through the walls to get where you want to go. Uh, it may just be, you know, this is a bug-free game. And, 
you know, something that a lot of the uh, speedrun communities that I've been lurking in and piping in with questions, and they've been kind enough to answer questions for me, a total noob coming in with 30, 50 questions about games that no one else is playing. Uh, you know, they basically said that, like, look, you know, glitch is what happens while you're busy making plans. Like, the best course of action is to try to play vanilla, see what happens, happens, and then you can sort of optimize from there. But uh, I've been thinking about that and also been thinking about how it's not so all or nothing like we've been talking about, and I think I mentioned in my last message. Uh, you can really find any smaller segment of the game to optimize. Uh, so, you know, instead of A to Z, you can go A to B uh, for bad, uh, quite literally here, because I was reading about um, another glitch that may exist, uh, and I'm not so sure that the swimming vertical thing that I found uh, is a glitch. It just felt too easy to discover. It seems to have no real purpose. It certainly doesn't uh, aid us in any manner, a bit like the Made of Scare glitch we both ran into. Like, there might be something there, but I don't I don't know if it's a speed-running thing. I also don't think it's really much of anything. It could just be swimming to the surface, and we don't know. Um, but I read online that there was some other bug uh, in this game where you can go into the save room, walk right off the bed, and it'll freeze and then crash. Uh... And so you've been talking a lot about how I don't seem to know what made the Titanic crash, and I think that's a good direction to go in for uh, the rest of my time is uh, how quickly can I make this game crash? <laughs> I also read that, uh, uh, I forgot about this, that the Famicom and its second controller had a microphone, and so I wonder if there's something there that we might be able to poke into. But uh, by hook or by crook here, I will figure out what made this thing crash. Bye. Wednesday, the 6th of September, at 8.06 p.m. Walensky, it's Pippin calling. Sorry that I haven't been in touch for a little bit. Work um, really got out of hand. Uh, you know, being the department chair turns out to to be a very involved thing. And the semester just started, actually, so I was teaching um, just yesterday afternoon, which I think went well. Uh, but none of that has anything really to do with Titanic mystery or why the Titanic sank. And I think, I'm, I think we're very much on the same page in terms of, you know, the way that we're thinking about this. And really, the, you know, what I've been doing has been a continuation of just trying to find some little crevice uh, that will allow us to pass through a wall. Because um, as you say, really, you know, it's a, it's a placemat maze, uh, except with, you know, these items that you use to, to get through doors. And unless we can cause ourselves to go through some of these walls um, without the requisite steps, we're not really going to be making a lot of progress. But then I'm also thinking about that advice from the speedrunners that you contacted that you you know you play vanilla and then you hope that I guess lightning strikes. It's kind of in a way kind of disappointing uh, advice to me because I think I wanted to believe that 
there was a type of speedrunner maybe who was a, a specialist in glitch finding. Like I liked this idea that there are people who can kind of eyeball a game and find those scenes specifically. But maybe that's not the case. Maybe people aren't going into it for that and they're just stumbling into these things. Um, but I also I, I find that hard to believe because like you know all of the weird glitches that we have seen. Uh, where you, you know, pass through a wall or you get out of bounds, like, that just doesn't seem to me that these things are happening by mistake. It seems like they're happening because people are trying to stress the game as hard as possible. Um, but maybe they're saying, you know, it's like, if you want to get a, a run in, you are going to have to finish the game, and so you might as well do your kind of testing of the limits while you play through it and, and, and build up a knowledge of the system, which is not something that we have time for, so we're kind of stuck doing this one kind of activity um, without, without much luck right now, I do think that there's more to, or potentially more to the nature of the, the thing that you found in that I've triggered it while going through doors in the ship, so it's not just a, oh, I accidentally swam up and I didn't notice, like, it's, it's triggering at really weird times, and it is the case, you know, that it's, it feels like it's the game misregistering what level you're on, and it feels like there's potential for that reason. Like, if you could go through a door on one level, but it thinks you're on a different level, that would be a way of passing through a wall. Um, and I've even been looking at maps of the game, trying to think about whether you know that could be helpful. But I haven't made anything happen. Uh, so, you know, no progress is business as usual. I wish you good night. Friday, the 8th of September, at... 8.19 p.m. Six bells, all's well, and I've been ASP. Uh, P there for phone, P for Pippin, P for progress, and maybe we can chalk it up to no progress is good progress here. We're eliminating all those blind alleys. Um, there's a quote that comes to mind listening to your message here as I'm catching up uh, from that Running With Speed documentary where uh, Summoning Salt says that there's a huge appeal around earlier video games that came out decades ago because they have a sort of brokenness set in stone because uh, they can't be patched. And I think what we're finding with Titanic is with the ship, with the game, um, you know, their broken state or their unbroken state is preserved in digital amber. And I would say take it from me because I'm a guy who found <laughs> in 2016 a uh, bug in a Call of Duty game. I got a blue screen on a PS4 on uh, Call of Duty. I think it was Infinite Warfare right as it came out. And I actually, you know, I didn't get paid, but I, you know, corresponded with the team behind the game to help them figure out um, what I did to crash the game. And I can't find anything in Titanic here. And so I just picture us as sort of two dudes, 18% <laughs> of an Ocean's Eleven, unable to dent the safe here in Titanic and just discovering, you know, this is a damn fine piece of software. I've done a lot of shenanigans with trying to uh, glitch and corrupt the save state, the ROM. No luck, man. Game over. Monday, the 11th of September, at 9.20 p.m. 
Hey, David. Yeah, I got nothing, I think. Um, although I really do like the, uh, the image of the Call of Duty team. Your phone rings and they just say, what did you do, David? Uh, they're just so used to you breaking their games at this point, I guess. They've got you on speed dial. I'm sorry that you couldn't, um, you couldn't magic your way, you couldn't Walensky your way into a bug for us on this one, but as you say, maybe it just means that the game is kind of watertight, or that we haven't spent enough time <laughs> banging our heads on it, and we need a big team of eager speedrunners to, to figure it out with us, uh, not just 18% of Ocean's Eleven, if we are even that. So maybe, maybe yeah, maybe there's nothing here. Um, I've continued kind of just trying random stuff. I've spent quite a bit of time just dropping items onto each other so they overlap. And I, there is a graphics glitch uh, that seems to exist when you... Maybe it's just when you have two items on the same screen, but there's sort of a, a negative space gets created where a little bit of an item is is not there, a little square shape is not there. Not it's not useful for anything. It's just a you know it's a tiny tiny sign of um, vulnerability from the game, perhaps. Um, oh, and the other thing I managed to do was pick up an item while scrolling the screen uh, horizontally, which somewhat interested me, just because I had thought that when you were scrolling horizontally, you know, spinning the room around or spinning yourself around the room, that everything was disabled. Um, but interactions are apparently still. Enabled, so if you have your hand stuck up just at the beginning of this of the uh, the scrolling, you can pick something up. But again, you know, it's of no help. And I I think a lot of this maybe comes down to what we want to accomplish, uh, which is to get through doors that are closed in relation to the way the system is set up, where those doors are just triggers that you have to. You know, you have to have an item, you position the item on the trigger, the door is then considered to be open and you can pass through. Um, that's a much more foolproof kind of structure for guarding spaces than, for instance, a physics engine, where there's a door that's kind of a physical entity, um, and it starts to become possible to fit through maybe a seam or to move at a velocity that is so fast that you pass through the door, or just... You know, things that work with the equations underlying the simulation, uh, whereas here the simulation is very, very <laughs> surface level uh, on this ship that's sunken and deep, deep uh, beneath the waves. So there's just less to play around with when you've just all you've got is a trigger that's waiting for you to put the, the correct item in front of it. doesn't mean it's not there, it just means I, I do think it's tricky. Uh, so, you know, we, we might be going out on a whimper here unless you've got some great news to tell me in your next exciting phone call, David. I am so looking forward to it. Night-night. Tuesday, the 12th of September, at 5.14 a.m. Tuesday, the 12th of September, at 12.54 p.m. Would it be accurate to say that we're going nowhere fast? <laughs> I mean, it feels like it was summer when we started playing this game, and now it's, uh, after uh, much ocean madness, I guess it's technically uh, pumpkin spice latte season, stock up, uh, or don't. I don't know. Maybe that stuff goes bad. Maybe there's a reason it's seasonal. Um, but no, uh 
although I am, you know, the silent assassin of the Call of Duty series, uh, I'm the one you have to thank for <laughs> this level of quality. Um, uh, I have not made any amazing progress in Titanic, uh, nor have I come any closer to figuring out why it crashed. Uh, but I can't tell you, you know, I've been playing in a way that feels like what a speedrunner would do, but I don't know that I have any actual progress to show for it, unless you and I think earnestly. I think that is, there's some truth to that, that eliminating the blind alleys is helpful. Um, mainly I've been focusing on what I guess is called impossible inputs, according to uh, nessdev.org. Uh, which is, you know, I've messed with emulators a long time. We've messed with emulators along the our game of phone tag here in the past. And it's never occurred to me that because you're playing on a computer, um, on a keyboard, <clears throat> you can do things that you couldn't do on the original hardware. And so impossible inputs, according to nestdev.org, are... Uh, inputs that you couldn't do on a real uh, controller. Um, so left and right simultaneously, up and down simultaneously. According to nestdev.org, uh, that URL again is nestdev.org, in case you missed it. Uh, many games do weird and buggy things. It sort of like fries its brain when you do those kind of inputs. And mainly what I've been focused on is... <laughs> Playing Titanic Mystery, specifically looking for rooms with no doors in it, so that when you press the button to flip sides, uh, your uh, uh, intrepid diver doesn't take it upon themselves to go through the door. And I have uh, just tried to be focusing on transitions between rooms as opportunities to really do the playing that uh, I want to do, which is mess around with these buttons. At most, I'm not sure I found anything, but... Uh, I don't know, man. Does it does it does it feel like man overboard or uh abandoned ship here? What do you think? Wednesday, the thirteenth of September at two oh four PM Hey David. Yep, well I we maybe we got nowhere, uh and it took a while. Uh, no progress either. I've got nothing to report. Really I'm just left with a bunch of questions reflecting my my curiosity and the the ocean uh, full of icebergs of stuff that I don't know about speedrunning. Uh, I do wonder now whether we, if we'd pursued the just do the vanilla run fast, we might have had more luck finding bugs. Just the act of going fast, meaning that you maybe run into stuff anyway. Uh, I wonder about using TAS, tool assisted speedrunning techniques, to do some of this input stuff uh, that you're talking about, frame perfect stuff. Uh, and I wonder which of us is uh, going to be the one who survives after the sinking of the Titanic on the piece of flotsam that we're both fighting for. I hope it's you. Bye, David. Wednesday, the 13th of September, at 5.23 p.m. There's this phrase I kept hearing on one of the few Japanese streams I watched at the game. People kept saying it. And it was in the chat, and the person playing was reading it, and they just kept repeating it over and over about Titanic Mystery. I had to finally 
look it up and get a rough approximation of what they were saying. And what they were saying was, Titanic was a dungeon. Titanic was a dungeon. <laughs> so I think that's something we're we're learning uh, or have learned. And I think it's part of you know this thing other people in speedrunning communities told me about, which is they said you know hey, if most time saves in the game come down to just getting good, get good. That's usually when you know it's time to move on. Um, and I think if we had more time, we would have committed to the only way out is through. But even then, Titanic was a dungeon. End of messages. Thank you for calling GameFig. For more information, or to leave us a voicemail, please hang up and dial GameFig.life. Goodbye.